Amen. Thankful for these four up here leading us this morning. Ellen is, uh, she's just away getting some, at a conference, all right? She will be back this next week. We're grateful that she can get away to be fed and be blessed as well. Okay, so... The book of Proverbs, the wisdom of God. Uh, second week of the series this morning. Um, uh, this is wisdom for, the wisdom of God for giving and receiving advice. Last week we talked about the, um, the pursuit of wisdom. And how wisdom is different uh, that, there is, that there is godly wisdom and there is worldly wisdom. Discerning the difference between the two is important for um, understanding how you and I, as followers of Jesus, are to be wise. Okay? But this week, um, wisdom for giving and receiving advice. Uh, giving advice feels great. Right? Um, we, feel, we feel good about ourselves uh, we feel good about our ability to, or maybe the request of someone um, that wants us to help in a situation. Um, we feel good because it kind of maybe like encourages our role or our place in someone else's life. You know, giving advice is like when someone comes to you and says, um, give me your opinion. Or what's your advice on such and such? It's like, you know, it's fun. Easy. It feels good. Receiving advice, yeah, uh, it, takes, it takes a really intentional heart <laughs> and a really special person to feel good about receiving advice. And especially the type of advice that Proverbs talks about, because Proverbs talks about advice in a couple different ways. It talks about it in terms of correction. Discipline, rebuke, or just kind of the more feel-good term like advice. When, when someone is telling you something, speaking into your life, and, and that is difficult. Receiving advice or receiving correction or discipline or rebuke is difficult because it, it naturally puts us in a place of like, having to show that we're, in essence, that we have weakness. That there's something we don't know. That there is a part of our life that is lacking. That there is a gap somewhere in what we are doing, saying, thinking, how, how we're acting. And so, and so receiving correction... Someone filling that gap for us can be a really difficult type of task. So it, it takes a, a special kind of person to give advice in the right way. We're going to talk about that this morning. But it takes an equally special kind 
of person to receive advice in the right way. And listen, we, we should ask that God help us to be both of those kind of people. We, we, should, we should ask that the Lord um, give us grace to make our hearts receptive to the advice, correction, rebuke, and discipline of others, and that God will also give us wisdom to speak that kind of truth into the heart of others. It's not a be the giver of advice or the receiver of advice. It's a, at times in our lives, we need to be both. But it's critically important that we have a heart that is ready to receive, but that also is sanctified to give. Let's, let's pray. Uh, let's pray this morning in that way um, before we go any further. Heavenly Father, giving advice, giving uh, discipline or correction or rebuke to someone is easy. It's not difficult to see the gaps in others' lives. It's incredibly difficult to see our own. They are, we call them blind spots for a reason. We are often blinded to the areas in which we need correction or rebuke or discipline or would benefit from advice. Lord, we also understand that both giving and receiving of those things are conditions of the heart. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that you would begin even now to um, prepare and make our hearts ready to give and receive correction, advice, discipline, and rebuke. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so why, why don't we like to receive advice? That's the first question we're going to deal with. Why don't we like it? What is it about receiving advice or correction or rebuke or discipline that, that we, we, we don't like? Well, um, a few reasons, I think. Uh, reason number one. Uh, one reason we don't like to see or we don't like to receive advice or rebuke or discipline is because we tend to see the world through the lens of what we want it to be or believe it is rather than the reality that it actually is. In our, our own lives, our own situation, we, we tend to see our own situations through rose-colored glasses. And so we don't... We don't Advice, receiving advice or correction or rebuke is difficult because we don't see the need for it. And, and number two is kind of the same way, is that we are, we, we are often in denial about what the real issues are. Right? People that stand far off, right, that are outside of our, our situations or our lives, have usually, generally, a pretty clear picture about what's going on. They can see the issues because they see them playing out in your lives. We are usually in denial, right? 
for a variety of different reasons, we usually don't fully understand or want to accept or deal with what's going on in our lives. And so uh, we don't need advice because there's nothing going on. We don't need to be corrected if, if there's nothing to be corrected from or rebuked if there's nothing to be rebuked from. Number three, and um, if I'm being honest, this is like I should wear a sign that says this. I don't really want your advice. I just want you to approve the decision that I've already made, good, bad, or indifferent. Right? The reason that receiving advice um, is difficult is because most of us have already determined what we're going to do about a particular situation. We, we know the path that we want to take. We know the next step that we want to take. And what we do is we often search and seek for someone who will tell us, yeah, the thing that you want in your denial and your lack of ability to see the true issues are going on, that's exactly what you should do. Great choice. And so when we encounter someone, right, who does not approve of the decisions that we're making and who sees the issues as they really are and does not look at our situation through rose-colored glasses, we generally don't see them as a friend to us. Right? And so in maybe a not very spiritual but psychological way, this is generally why we say eh, to anyone speaking into our lives. There's a way over this, okay? This is not particularly like God-centered or gospel-centered. I understand that. All right? But there is a way past these natural tendencies that will allow us to be um, more well-informed by the Spirit of God speaking through others and into us. You see... Uh, the, the book of Proverbs, it extols those who open themselves for advice, correction, discipline, or rebuke. Meaning, those who say, yes, I want to be the person that receives advice well. I want to be the person whose ears are open for correction or discipline or rebuke. I want to know when there is a gap in my life that I do not see, that I am not aware of, so that I can, so that I can like walk closer to Jesus. Proverbs has great things to say about those who are willingly receiving of advice, correction, discipline, and rebuke. A few of those instances here that we'll look at, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. Proverbs has lots of different ways of saying this, right? Proverbs 10, verse 8. The wise in heart accepts commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Verse 17 of the same chapter there, Proverbs chapter 10. He who heeds discipline shows the way to life. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. If you flip over to chapter 12, we'll see that this is a consistent common theme through Proverbs chapter 12 verse 1. Whoever 
loves discipline, loves knowledge. But they who hate correction are stupid. Really um, subtle, right? Again, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. They who ignore discipline despise themselves, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Maybe one more. Chapter 29, verse 21. There are about two dozen of these throughout um, Proverbs. I've just picked out a few for us this morning. Chapter 29, verse 21. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> you trust me? There's more there? All right. 2921 is not the reference I was going for. Suffice it to say, well, maybe we should read it anyway. Maybe the Lord's got a word for us in it. If a man pampers his servant from the youth, he will bring grief in the end. Nope. Nope. Dumb. <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh, Proverbs always speaks highly of those who open themselves to receive correction, advice, or rebuke. It's seen, it's seen to be a characteristic of those who are wise, those who want to gain understanding, those who fear the Lord. So it is, of course, something that we, we want to pursue ourselves. That we want to seek out and gain is a heart that humbly desires to receive those things. So I want to share one general principle on, um, on this and then some details on giving and receiving advice. All right? You with me? All right. Okay. So one general principle first. Um, from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, um, Proverbs says this, says the way of the fool seems right to him. The way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. The way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Um, everyone knows, no one in here has ever been one of these, but everyone knows the teenager, right, that knows everything, right, that has absolutely everything figured out, that has had all of the necessary life experience that they need, right, that has, um, that has gone through every piece of, like, um, you know, every relational thing, like, they, they, they just, like, look, mom, dad, I, I, got, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know that this is a good decision. I know that hanging out with these people, it's going to be fine, right? I know that making this choice or this choice or that choice, although no one else in my entire life thinks it's a good one, trust me, it's okay. 
right? The way of the fool seems right to them, right? The way of the fool seems right to them, but a wise man listens to advice. Listen, we all, we all know or have been that person, right? I know what I'm doing. I know you don't think it's a good, I know you don't think it's a good decision, but I know no one thinks it's a good decision, but it's all right. It's going to be okay. And what happens? Well, most of the time it's not okay. Some of the time, by just dumb luck, or God's extravagant mercy, it ends up not destroying your life, right? But, but, but don't, be, don't be fooled, all right? Um, just because something, a decision, doesn't destroy the circumstances of your life does not mean that it doesn't poison your heart, okay? And won't, won't come back to bite you 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, all right? Just because you escaped the claws of a bad decision that you made in the moment, right, doesn't mean it was a decision. Listen, here's the, the truth that this, um, the, kind of a universal truth that this proverb here, 12, 15, is, um, is communicating. It's that uh, we are to, we should be very wary when you are absolutely convinced, but those around you are skeptical. Be very wary of decisions, relationships, paths, big things that you are absolutely convinced are the right ones, but that the vast majority of people around you are like, mm, mm, not a good decision, not a good relationship. I don't know if I would do that. I'm not sure if I would act like that, say those things, take that course of action. Been there, 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 right? Been there, right? Be very, very wary when you are absolutely convinced of something, but the vast majority of people around you are like, you might want to pump the brakes on that decision. I don't see good things ahead because there's a reason, okay? And in the wisdom of God, God has offered to those around us the discernment and insight of the Holy Spirit in order to speak into us about the poor decisions that we're about to make so as to spare us from the possible consequences. And it is a mercy of God, not a judgment of what you're about to do. Okay? See, um, there, there are... There are there, there are two competing things here, right, to um, giving advice and receiving advice or correction or uh, rebuke or however you want to put it. There's the, 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 um, the those around you, right, those around you who are skeptical, okay, and they're, that are trying to speak into your life. And then on the other side, there's the, the person that is in you, 
who you are. Both are equally important in this, um, in this task or in this path of being advice givers and advice receivers. There's, there's key components to both. Okay? Well, that's what I want to talk about now is what does it mean to be a good advice giver? What does it mean to be a good advice receiver? Because you need both. You need to be both. Your heart needs to be prepared to be both. Okay? Um, Proverbs 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 22 says this thing. It says, it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Remember, when we, when we are going ahead into a decision that only we have made, a big decision that only we have made, and we haven't got the counsel of the many advisors around us, right? that's a recipe for failure. It's a recipe for failure, especially in the big decisions of life. Okay? Um, so, point number one in receiving advice, correction, discipline, or rebuke is this. Allow yourself to be counseled by advisors. The first step in receiving advice is being a person who is humble enough to realize that they don't know it all. The, the, the very... The very first step in being a person who can receive advice, discipline, correction, or rebuke is being a person humble enough to hear something you don't want to hear. The humility of not knowing it all will transform your life and decisions. You see, we suffer from a, from a disease of individuality so much that we refuse to rely on the collective wisdom and knowledge and experience of the godly people around us. And because we, 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 just, we can't fathom asking someone else what they think or to pray for us or with us through a decision, that we are, willing, we are more willing to go through the pain of failure than we are the pain of humbling ourselves and asking someone their opinion. So the first step and the most important step is asking the Lord to give us a heart of humility that is willing to receive wisdom from others, that does not see it as a personal offense or attack every time someone tries to speak into our lives. Starbucks is my, one of my love languages. Uh, Tim Hortons. Oh. It's a dirty bean water. Shots fired. Okay, so listen, 
allow yourself to be counseled by many advisors, all right? Well, listen, very, 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 very important here is what makes a good advisor, all right? Especially important because last week we talked about the difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. I know some people who have, I have some relatives who are so worldly wise that everyone wants to go to them to get advice, to get wisdom, to help make decisions financially, relationally, occupationally, and they're, they're free to give them, right? But in light of the life that the gospel calls us to, their wisdom is crap. It's bad. It's not, it's not just not good wisdom. It's flat out antithetical to the call of the gospel. All right? So there is such a thing as a bad advisor. And for those who are seeking to follow Jesus, to walk in his footsteps, to incarnate the gospel with everything that we do, if we're going to set our hearts on receiving counsel from many advisors, we want to make sure that we're vetting our advisors. That they are the type of people we want speaking into us. Okay? So, three things that make a good advisor. Alright? Three things. Number one, they pursue godly wisdom over worldly wisdom. Right? You are confident that they are pursuing godly wisdom over worldly wisdom. I have this relationship, and I don't know what to do with it. Um, this person has really hurt me. Um, and, uh, man, I'm just so angry with them. And uh, I don't know what to do. Worldly wisdom would say something like, well, I mean, what do you mean you don't know what to do? What Do you know anyone that... What, like, can you, like, do something, like, maybe to get them in trouble? Like, make them lose their job or lose an account at work or... Um, do you know anyone that they love? Like, can you, like, them hurt those that they love? Right, there's, a, there's a worldly wisdom that thinks differently about the decisions that we make in relationships with big money decisions, with the jobs that we do, with the, with the places that we move or the things that we involve ourselves in. And then there's a godly wisdom that says, you know, um, uh, you're not going to like to hear this. You're, you're, this, isn't the, this isn't a decision that's going to be really easy for you to, to do. Not, not, not really a thing that's going to be, but you know, have you considered giving over your own opinions or thoughts or desires, your own, whatever rights you have in this thing? Have you, have you considered sacrificing everything that's important to you on the altar of, the on, on the altar of that relationship so that you might um, incarnate the love of Jesus to them? Like, yeah, I considered it, but I don't want to do that. There's a difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. And if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you better be eager to have advisors in your life that are going to direct you, right? 
in the way of godly wisdom rather than worldly wisdom. Step one of finding a good advisor is make sure that they are pursuing godly wisdom over worldly. Number two, um, make sure that they are willing to develop relationships. Uh, a really important thing in having someone who can speak into your life is that they, that they really need to be willing to dive into relationship with you. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of this when we talk about giving advice, but um, do you know what advice that is given to you by someone who you don't have relationship is? Judgment. Accountability, correction, advice, discipline, and rebuke that is outside of the context of loving relationship sounds a lot like judgment. Sounds a lot like just lobbing a rock over the wall of your life hoping that it hits you. Right? What, what, what we want is we want to develop Christ-like relationships with each other so that I, have, that I have someone like in my foxhole so that, that they are close enough to me that they can clearly see what the gap is. They can clearly see what the blind spot is. They can clearly see the things that I am in denial about, the things that I have put horse blinders on about, right? And in order to have someone who can speak godly wisdom into your life, they need to be like proximate to you. And every married person hates this answer, but the most wise person in your life is going to be your spouse. If you want to know if a decision that you are about to make is wise or foolish, ask your spouse. They will tell you. Right? And they... And they, 99% of the time, have the most clear picture of where that decision is coming from, what the consequences for your life will be, because they are sewn into relationship with you. Okay? So make sure you're willing to develop relationship with a person. Uh, number three, um, Having a good advisor is choose someone who has a history of your best interest at heart. Or at least has the potential to make decisions based off of your best interest. Not someone who has, a, um, who has divided interests or who has a bias in one direction or another. But having a good advisor that offers you godly counsel and wisdom when you have big decisions or little decisions to make, is you want, you want someone who you know is going to speak to what is best for you. Not what you like to hear, right? It's not the same thing, right? Not approving the decisions that you've already made. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what best interest at heart means. But, but one who is willing to tell you the hard things. Proverbs chapter 27, 
verses 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Listen. If, if you're getting advice or wisdom or counsel or correction or rebuke from uh, someone that is telling you only the things that you want to hear or things that are really easy to hear, they don't really love you. It's not that they are intentionally not loving you, right? But that um, withholding the truth because it's hard is not love. Nor is gentleness the highest goal when we are offering wisdom, counsel, discipline, correction, advice, rebuke, however you want to call it. Gentleness is not the highest goal. In fact, if you read the Gospels at all, you can literally see on the pages the way the disciples must have blushed at some of the things that Jesus said to them in the most ungentle ways possible. And no one would deny that Jesus loved his disciples, gave them wisdom and counsel and discipline and rebuke with the most godly incarnated love possible. But there were times, for instance, um, in like Mark chapter 14, when Jesus um, falls asleep in the bow of the boat and the disciples wake them up because they're really scared and he chastises them for their lack of faith. Like, have you so little faith, he says. Or in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus asks the disciples to pray. Right? And they fall asleep. And he comes to find them asleep. Could you not even stay awake for an hour to pray with me? Like, what is wrong with you? You know? Gentleness is not the highest goal. It's a goal. Okay? Not the highest goal. But, but understand the point here is, is that um, the, the easiness of telling someone something is not the greatest expression of love. It is sometimes the most difficult things that we say to another person that is the greatest expression of our love. So in choosing an advisor, pursue, they must pursue godly wisdom over worldly wisdom. They must be willing to develop long-term relationship with you, and they must have a history of your best interest at heart. If every time you go to your advisor, they just tell you, they just, like, um, support the decision that you've already made, you might want to consider whether or not they're telling you the truth. Okay? Number two, um, giving advice. We're, one, we're going to allow ourselves, ourselves to be counseled by advisors, but what about when it's our turn to be the advisor? What happens then, okay? 
Um, we said this already, unsolicited advice or correction or accountability is generally ignored and creates a relational chasm between you and the person. You ever had this happen to you? Like, well, they're a Christian. I know that they are. I, I've never spoken to them before, but I feel like it's my duty um, to tell them that I don't approve of the decision that they're making and hold them accountable to that. I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to hold them accountable. And so you march right up there to them with the love of Christ, not bathed in relationship at all, and be like, brother, uh, you're sinning. And then you expect them to fall all over themselves in confession and repentance. It's like, oh, you're right. Yes, thank you so much for pointing out the error of my ways. Like, Right? It almost never happens. Never happens. Why? Because the first step in being a person who gives effective advice is to answer or to ask this question of yourself Have I taken the time to develop relationship with them? Have I taken the time? to invest myself into their life, or do I just want to like do um, what we call seagull advice? It's like you swoop, you poop, and you leave, right? <laughs> Number two, in, in giving advice or counsel or um, correction or rebuke, a really important one that we sometimes overlook, right? Have they asked for it? Have, has this person asked for advice or have they welcomed your accountability to them? Listen, everyone does not need to be accountable to everyone else. Right? Just because we share faith in Jesus Christ does not mean that you get to hold me accountable or that I get to hold you accountable, right? There is a a relational dynamic that happens in the practicality of accountability and wisdom and friendship that, that needs to be honored, that needs to be understood, that needs to be like, that that needs to happen in order for wisdom to find its home in your heart. Have I taken the time to develop relationship with them? Number two, well, I've, have they asked me for advice or welcomed accountability, my accountability of them? Number three, the final question to ask yourself when you feel like it's time to give advice is this. Why do I want to tell them what I want to tell them? Why why do I want to tell them? Why, Why do I want to say this thing to them? This goes back to the last point of being a person that um, receives or, or, be, or like finding out or determining who your advisor is, right? 
um, having a history of your best interest at heart? Like, do I want to tell them what I want to tell them because I am concerned for the state of their heart? Or do I want to tell them what I want to tell them because it will feel good to point out the wrong in someone else's life? To deflect attention from my own. That's usually the underlying heart issue there when we answer that question is why do I want to tell them the thing that I want to tell them? What's really at stake here? Because even like the Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 13, right? Famous chapter on what it means to love. Not about romantic love, right? Not husband and wife love, but just a, like a general agape love shared in the family of God, right? Is uh, like if I, if I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, right? Meaning if I have all of the wisdom, if I possess all knowledge, if I possess all understanding, if I have the best advice that you could possibly ever receive, right? But I have not love. I'm what? I am a clanging gong or a crashing cymbal. I'm just making noise, right? But if, but if what I have to offer in this moment is out of a sincere, a sincere desire to spare the person's heart, life, spirit, from the pain of the decisions that they are making, not having anything to do with my own self, but having everything to do with my concern for them, then move. Not until. Okay? So we have three questions to ask ourselves. Have I taken the time to develop a relationship with them? Have they asked me for advice or welcomed my accountability? Why do I want to tell them what I want to tell them? And then we're going to do these two things. All right? If we've answered all of those um, questions in the affirmative, right? now we're going to do these two things. We are going to, number one, pray first. This is where it usually gets a little difficult, right? Uh, well, it's, it's always difficult, okay? But this is where it gets even like a step further difficult. This is even like that step where you can um, retrace the motive for answering like, why do I want to tell them what I want to tell them, right? We're going to pray first. And this is what I'm going to say is that we're not going to say, hey, I'm praying for you. See ya. No, we're not... We're not going to tell them that we're praying for them and then come back and give them advice. So, no, we're going to say, can we pray right now? I'm not sure about this decision. I'm a little uneasy about, I don't know, like I want to, can we just ask the Lord to shed, um, shed light on this, bring, like bring truth and wisdom into this situation because I just don't, I don't know, I don't know yet. 
I don't know. Let's pray about it first. And even if it's a 10-second, Lord, would you please just help us to determine what the right thing is here? And let us hear you speak to us in this situation because we don't know what to do and we want to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray first. Always, 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 always pray first. Number two, um, don't rush the decision making and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. We're often really, really nervous to say uh, when someone says, hey, um, I'm forced, I, I got to make a decision here. Uh, what should I do? Um, and we really don't know, but we're afraid to say, I don't know. And so we make something up, and it's usually bad. All right? So this is like the best answer when we don't know is to say, guess what? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah, that's a really tough situation. You know, maybe we should just sit on it for a few days. And maybe we can get together tomorrow or even over the phone and we just pray about it a little bit more. Ask God again to, like, shed some light on it. And, um, and yeah, let's just, let's not rush it because I don't really know what a good answer is right now. Oh, man, there's so much power in that. You will not believe the insight that the Holy Spirit will bring into your life about that situation if you have the humility to say, I don't know, let's wait. I don't know. Amazing clarity. Uh, amazing insight. So we're going to pray first. Together, not uh, I'll pray for you, but let's pray right now. Number two, we're not going to rush and we're not going to be afraid to say, I don't know. Okay? So, let's go back to, um, let's do like a, um, just a, like a two or three minute recap, all right? And then we're going to walk away having a goal in mind for the week, all right? The recap is this, is that scripture over and over and over and over and over again tells us that those who have hearts that are open to receiving um, receiving advice, receiving correction from others, receiving um, rebuke or discipline, that those who have hearts that are open to those things, right, are going to gain wisdom. They're going to gain knowledge. They're going to gain understanding. That they're going to develop a true fear of the Lord. That their plans are going to succeed in life. That they are going to be blessed in every way. That the heart that is humble enough to say, I don't know everything there is to know about every decision, those are the people that God's going to be like, boom, double thumbs up to. All right? So, if we know that, then we are always going to be wary of decisions where we think we know unequivocally the way forward but that all of those around us, especially those 
who use godly wisdom all the time and are in relationship with us and whom we've given access to our lives, right, to speak into our lives, are saying, that's not really a wise decision. I think you should rethink that. Or have you considered X or have you considered Y? Be wary of the times where you're standing alone in a decision when all of the other godly people in your life are saying, I wouldn't do that. You're about to run into a pit. Okay? We need to allow ourselves to be counseled by advisors, as Proverbs 15.22 says, right? Or, to put it in layman's terms, you need to have people that you let speak into your life. You need to have people that have unrestricted access to speak into your life without any defensiveness coming from you. Because what makes a good advisor or what makes a person who speaks into your life so valuable is that they, you already know that they pursue godliness over worldly wisdom. You already, they have already shown that they are willing to invest relationally in your life, right? And they have already shown or are committing to a history of having your best interest at heart. And so when they come to you and, and say something to you that you might not want to hear, or you go to them and say, what do you think about this situation? and they answer in a way that's kind of like uncomfortable, that your first response isn't defensiveness, right? Because one, you know all of these things about them. But two, you have given them permission to make you uncomfortable. I, I give you permission to speak into my life truth that may be difficult to hear without automatically responding like you've punched a kitten or something like that. Okay? And that so I'm going to I'm going to look for those people in my life, but then I am going to be the type of person, right? So that when Bryce comes to me and says, "You know, would you be willing to be kind of a, a person that's kind of like on advice call, on call for advice in my life. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I will be, you know? I, I will be. And so now Bryce has solicited my advice into his life, right? He has asked me for that. Um, I can build into relationally my relationship with Bryce so that I know him and I know his family and I know his circumstances. Not that you got to like know all the dirty laundry and all of that, but just like you're relationally, you're not just an acquaintance, right? And now I can even begin to, every once in a while, pray that God would develop a heart in me of a spirit of insight and wisdom for Bryce. Develop some discernment in his life. So that when he comes to me and goes like, well, what do you think about this, right? I've already prayed into what God desires for him. And so like my spirit is primed 
to be um, the man, the friend, the advisor that he needs me to be. So it's, a, it's proactive of developing my heart as one who is ready to speak into the life of another. So um, here's what I want you to do this week, okay? I want you to continue reading the Proverbs, right? Today you're going to read Proverbs 18, if you haven't already, because it's the 18th of the month, right? Read Proverbs 18. Tomorrow read Proverbs 19, and so on and so forth, right? Um, here's also what I want you to do over the next week or two or whatever. Um, choose two or three or five, right, advisors for your life. Choose two, three, four, or five advisors that you will invite to have unrestricted access to speak into your life. Use the qualifications that we outlined today of people who pursue godly wisdom over worldly wisdom, who are willing to develop relationship with you or already have relationship with you, and who have a history or who are willing to always consider your best interest. Like, well, I mean, what does that look like? What does it mean to choose two or three advisors? Do I, like, tell them that I'm choosing them? Um, well, I mean, I think that has value, okay? Because then, like we said, they can begin to pray into wisdom and discernment for you. It's not like you're going to be going to them every day, right? I mean, you can, but, like, I mean, we're talking, it's not like, uh, Bryce, I got a real problem, man. Um, need your help. I need you to pray. I don't know whether I'd have chicken or steak tonight. Um... (laughs) Right? So, you get what I'm saying? Right? Like, don't, don't be the guy that cried wisdom wolf. All right? You know? Save it for the big guns. Okay? Um, but, like, yeah, I would recommend being like, Cher, uh, Sherry, um, would you be willing to be a person who has unrestricted access to speak into my life when I have a blind spot or when I come to you and need advice or wisdom and not necessarily tell me the things that I need to hear or, or want to hear, but tell me the thing I need to hear? Would you be willing to do that for me? Yeah, sure. Nine times out of ten, you know what they're going to say? Yeah. Would you do that for me too? Nine times out of ten. All right, that's what they're going to say. So make sure that you are actively pursuing a heart that is ready to be that for someone else. Okay? Because it's going to happen for you. Listen, plans fail for lack of counsel, okay? But with many advisors, they succeed. Don't go out and be finding like 20 people, all right? Like four or five, all right? Hold them close. Hold it close. But, but pursue that type of relationship where someone can speak um, into your life, all right? Uh, 
let me uh, let me pray for us as the the worship team comes back up. Lord, we thank you for your word to us this morning, um, for the word of Proverbs, Lord. Lord, you have told us that it is the ones that 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 the wise seek and receive words of correction, words of advice or rebuke or discipline. Lord, would you make us a would you make us a body, a group of people? Would you make us a people that um, Speak words of wisdom. Speak words of correction and discipline and rebuke and advice into others. And Father, maybe equally as important or even more important is, Lord, would you develop in us the heart that is necessary to receive wisdom that comes from you through another person. In Jesus' name, amen.